Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. I want to welcome you online. If you're joining us, we're grateful that you have joined us. Um, we have a beautiful team, a beautiful church that join us every week online, and we're grateful to you, thankful for you, to the team of people that make it happen, that we see in here and back in that room, God, we, we're grateful for them. So thank you so much for being uh, with us online. Thanks for being in the house today. What a great crowd. So I'm gonna jump into a brand new series. I kick it off today. Uh, this series will run to the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which is the 21st of November. Some of you are like, I haven't looked that far yet, but it is the 21st of November. I will have a couple of weeks where I jump out of it, uh, but I'll jump right back in and finish it. Uh, so the title of the whole series is basically Prune and Bloom. And that's what we're after. We wanna prune God is about pruning us. He says in John 15, that's the text for this series. John 15, he says, I am the vine, Jesus said, and my father is the gardener. He says, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. And we're gonna look at pruning, we're gonna look at blooming, because what this world needs right now is the best fruit on our vines they can find, because this world is starving for the real thing. I'm gonna tell you the real thing is named Jesus. We're gonna look at pruning in a lot of different facets. And I'm gonna tell you, you gotta buckle up for this series because we're gonna go, uh, we're gonna go some tough places because when you talk about becoming all that God wants you to be, you gotta prune a little bit. He's gotta prune a little bit. And, and remember, if you've ever pruned before, uh, there's an instrument that is used. It is a saw. <laughs> Okay, there's nothing sweet about a saw. It's not a butter knife, okay? It's a saw, okay? So we're gonna look at all of that, what pruning looks like, because it's very important that we understand and grasp what God is trying to teach us in John chapter 15, okay? When he says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener, okay? So how about that? this? Have you enjoyed the summer rain? Has the summer rain in the panhandle not been good? Can we get some rain in the panhandle, some love, okay? Rain's been good, amen? It's rained a bunch this year, okay? And we're grateful for that. If you've planted trees or you like trees, you really like the rain, okay? Yards, fescue, fescue, man, they like that water. So that, that stuff's good. Listen to me. Consistent rain, consistent rainfall produces big, big trees, okay? We moved out here from Longview, Texas. There are pine trees in Longview, okay? <laughs> They're not the same as out here. Has <laughs> anybody figured that out yet? I mean, you drive down I-20 uh, in, in East Texas, and I'm telling you, it's thick, thick. You can hardly even see. So I came out here, and I remember the first time they said, hey, you want a you pine tree? I was like, I'm done with pine trees, dude. Do you ever... 
You ever rake pine needles? They are like ridiculously hard, okay? I mean, piles and piles of them. So I, I went and looked at these pine trees in people's yards, and I'm like, that's not a pine tree. That's a pine bush. <laughs> I mean, a pine tree, man. I'm like a tree, all right? They said, we don't get that much rain. I said, man, where I'm from, in Longview, where we came from, I mean, that's 60 inches a year in rain, all right? They said, man, we don't get that in four years, all right? But here's the deal. Good big rains produce big trees, okay? Because, there's a, because if you're not getting the rain from, the, from, from God water, from heaven, then you've got to what? You've got to go to man water, city water, well water. Well water is good stuff. Beat city water all day long, all right? But I'm saying something to you. None of that water right there holds a candle to God water. It can't do what God water can. Listen, city water, well water sustains life. It might keep it alive. Every once in a while, it might make something grow a little bit. But I'm gonna tell you something. One good rain from God and you'll mow the next day. Promise you, all right? Because there's something about heaven rain that produces growth that man rain can't do. And listen to me. If Let me say this to you. Coming to church is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful church, a healthy church, a strong church. This is a good house right here, very good house, okay? But listen, if you're only coming here, when you come to church, if that's the only time you're in worship and in the word, you've got to get more than that. You can't be dependent upon just getting fed when Pax and I or Tommy or Cade and this stuff like that. You can't, you gotta have more than that. You gotta eat and drink from the word of God often because if you don't, you're not gonna grow and your growth is not dependent upon anyone else than you. If you're not where you wanna be spiritually, it's because of you. It's because of you. It's not your church's fault. It's not your worship pastor's fault. It's not your life group leader's fault. It's not your wife or your husband or your kids or your job, your boss, your town, your city, your place, your car, won't run, will run, doesn't matter, none of that. That has nothing to do with it. Man water can't grow you. God water can grow you. The more you're in the presence, the more you're in his worship, the more you're in his word, the more you will grow. And you will grow big. You see, we're all trees and we're growing. The question is, who's feeding you? You see, there's two systems out there. There is. If you haven't looked around, there's a system called the world system of nourishing and feeding people, and there's the system of God feeding his people. And listen to me. God water, the water that comes from heaven, will cause growth in your life, and you will be big trees bearing much fruit. If you're dependent upon the world to feed you, mm, you're going to be scrawny, and you will not produce any fruit. And I'm going to say something to you. The fruit you do produce, no one's going to want because it's not fruit. It's poison. It's poison, man. You can look at this world right now. The freak out crowd, y'all met them, man. you? I'm not talking about the ones on Sansi. I'm talking about the freak out crowd, all right? I'm talking about the people that are freaking out. You know why they're freaking out? Because their roots, they've tapped into the world system and the world's feeding them. Ooh, and they're realizing this world cannot feed me. 
and they're starving to death. And you know what they're looking for? They're looking for those trees that are tapped into the what? The real vine. His name is Jesus. And the Holy Spirit of God is pumping up through them and they're producing fruit. Their trees are growing. Their family's growing. Their marriage is in great shape. Their kids are blooming. The people getting baptized in their house. Revival's landed on the church. They're gathering with people that are seeing revival in their life. And they're like, what, what starvation? What hard time? What bad time? Revival is springing up all over the place. And it's not springing up from people that are tapped into the world system. It's springing up from people that are tapped into the Jesus system, all right? Because Jesus says he is life. And apart from me, you can do what? Nothing, nothing. This world is not your source. It'll starve you out and choke you out. But Jesus said, I am that choice. I am your source, all right? So we're gonna look this series on pruning, be, what does pruning look like? What, what is it exactly? Who does it? Why do we, why does it happen to us? All right? what, what's the intent of us being pruned on? Okay, we're gonna look at every bit of that, all right? So, I, so my grandparents, as I've said before, my grandparents lived down on the Texas Gulf Coast. Uh, exactly, my grandparents' house was about 10 minutes from Surfside Beach. Uh, that's some good living down there, all right? And so you could almost smell the beach from my grandparents' house, all right? And so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. My, my granddad is pretty much full-blood Cherokee Indian. He's just a big Indian dude, all right? Now he's a big Indian dude in heaven. But my granddad's a cool dude. And, and so I spent a lot of time with him, as much as I could get. We fished offshore. We fished in the bays. We did everything together. And a lot of who I am is because of my granddad, and I, I love that, all right? I love that, all right? So, so one day, I'm down visiting my grandparents in South Texas, and I'm trying to find granddad in the house. I'm about 12, 11, 12 years old, and I can't find granddad in the house. It's not a real big house by any means, but I couldn't find him. So if he's not in the house, he's usually in the garage because my granddad's not a sitter. He didn't sit well. I don't sit well. And so I go out to the garage. My granddad's not in the garage. I'd stick my head back in the house. I said, Mimi, where's granddad? He said, I don't know, Jeff. You know your granddad. I said, I know. She said, is he in the garage? I said, Mimi, excuse me, I'm standing in the garage talking to you. If he was in the garage, I'd see him. I know he's not in the garage, all right? I don't know, Jeff, look in the yard. All right, so I go in the backyard. He's not in the backyard. I thought he was by the boat or the camper. He's not there. So I went around to the front yard. I go around to the front yard, and they have live oak trees. Anybody have big old live oak trees? If you're down in South Texas, they have tons of live oak trees, and these trees are massive. And so at this time, there was a, about a row of about four or five uh, live oak trees over here. And so when I went around the corner, uh, my granddad is standing over by these trees and he's, he's, he's got a saw with him, a little tree saw thing, and he's walking around just looking at these trees. And I thought, gosh, man, my granddad, the Indian, he done gone bad and bad stuff and got a hold of some Indian stuff or something, messed him up. And I didn't know what was wrong with my granddad, you know? And he's looking at the trees, kind of having a conversation with himself and that's when we're talking to ourselves, but we don't want to call it that. So we're just, he's just kind of having a conversation with us. So I walk up. I said, Granddad. He turns around and says, hey, Jeff. I said, what, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm pruning. Pruning? Pruning. At 12 years old, if someone turned to you and said they're pruning, would you be just overwhelmed with incredible, like, wow. Right? We don't, I don't even know what pruning is. I said, Granddad. What, what is pruning? What is pruning? 
He said, Jeff, it's when you give a tree a chance to become all that God intended for that tree to become. Now, I'm 12 years old. We just went deep in the front yard in Clute, Texas on 101 Cannon Street. I'm like, when you give a tree a chance to become all that God wants it to be, what do you mean? He said, Jeff, a tree, you got to look at it. You got to look at it from all different sizes. And sometimes when you have to cut some limbs out of it, you got to prune it a little bit so that, so that it can become everything God wants it to be. I said, wow. I said, well, how do you know? He said, what do you mean, how do you know? What? How do you know what to cut not to cut, when to prune or when to cut? He said, you just know. I was like, you just know? He said, Jeff, a tree, I saw, I said, granted, why do you prune? He said this, a tree left to itself will become a mess. And I'm 12 years old. I'm just getting taught. I, I feel like I'm, at that time I did not, but later in my life I felt like I was hanging out in the front yard with Jesus. And I just got taught a, like a beatitude or something. You know what I mean? Like a parable. Like my granddad just unpacks a parable for me. My granddad is unpacking John 15 and he doesn't even know it. He says, Jeff, you've got to prune it because a tree left to itself will become a mess. Can I say this to you? I am an oak. You're an oak. You're a tree. I'm a tree. The question becomes, are we grafted in or not grafted in? The question becomes, where's our source, the world or Jesus? What's our taproot? But a tree left to itself will become a mess. How many of you right now know a mess? When I was talking about it, your face and your mind drew a picture of an individual. You said, that tree was left to itself and they become a mess. There are some people that just can't get out of their own way. They just make messes. So he said, walk with me across the street. I want to show you something. So my, my grandparents' house is on 101 Cannon Street. You go across Cannon Street, my granddad has a, a Marine buddy. My, my granddad fought in the war. He was a Marine. He has a war buddy that lived across the street from him. So he went over there to the house and walked in the front yard. And my granddad said, Jeff, what do you think about that tree right there? <laughs> uh, that tree, ugly. That's an ugly tree. I said, granddad, that tree is a mess. That tree's a mess. I'm talking just growing all over. Ain't got no rhyme or reason for anything it does. I mean, it's growing out here, growing out here, growing, it's growing everywhere. And I don't pity the fool who had to mow around the thing. I don't, I don't know what it is. Is, is that a tree or a bush? I don't know what the thing is. It was just everywhere. And I said, granted, that tree's a mess. And he said, how do you think it got there? <laughs> Well, we just had a conversation in the front yard. I had to show off in front of my granddad at 12 years old. I said, well, I guess it was left to itself. And he turned and pointed the tree saw to me and said, that's, that's exactly what it is, son. Any tree left to itself can become a mess. 
And if you live where it rains a bunch, then it grows a lot, okay? God water falls a lot, it rains a lot. So how do you become, how do you become a tree or not become a tree that's left to itself? Because each one of us, okay, in Genesis chapter one, Jesus, I mean, God said, let us make man in his own image. Let's let us, meaning God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He said, let us make man in our own image. So he made man and female, okay? That's a shocker, I know, but he made male and female. I'm not going there, but I want to bad. All right, so so what I'm saying is he made male and female, and God himself turned and said, it is good. It's good. Good good. What God says is good. Can we leave it alone? I know I'm meddling, but I'm just telling you, if the creator calls it good, why do we question anything? Let's just call it good and kick the football and play the game. He says it's good. In Psalm 139, we know that God says, I knit you together in your mother's room. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm looking at a bunch of people that are gorgeously called good by God. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. But how in the world do some people made by God, knit in their mother's womb and called by God fearfully and wonderfully made, become a mess? They become a mess when they're left to themselves. A tree left to itself will always become a mess, always. And the reason for that is Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Listen to me. If you were born of a mama and born of a daddy, they were humans, they have a sin nature in them. From that seed of sin came you, the little sin. You think, not my child. Have you met my child? He's like, Jesus too. I'm like, no, he's not. I promise you. He's down there in the nursery right now at church stealing a Tonka truck from another kid. (laughs) And if he can't get it, he's going to grab the nearest toy and whoop that kid with that that toy to get that Tonka truck. You said, not my son. My, My son doesn't do that. He, like, takes communion every day. He, like, walks in the holy water. He, like, he, like, Jesus, all right? No, he's not. He's a mean little turkey, all right? And that little girl is cute, but she's mean inside, too, and if you need that snake to come out, she will, all right? I'm just telling you, you got to beat it out of him and pray that Jesus saves her soul, okay? But, but here's the deal. <laughs> what I, that's terrible parenting conference right there. <laughs> but it's really quick, so we're already dismissed for lunch, amen? So... That's it. So, so what I'm saying is we're, we're, we're a mess if we're left to ourselves. That little, those precious kids down there, if left to themselves, will become one mean ombre because they have a sin nature inside of them, and Jesus knew it. For all of us, man, all of us are sinners, and we fall short of the glory of God. We do. And the wages of that sin, the price of that sin <laughs> is death, eternal death. We know it as hell. But, hmm, 
we have a name, we have a, we have a savior. His name is Jesus. And he said, you bet, they're a mess. Sin is real. Left to themselves, they've become a mess. But I, God, loves them so much that while they were yet sinners, Christ died for them. While you are a mess, Paxton said, while I was doing my own thing, doing dope all night, sleeping all day, my mom was praying to the one who what? Saved my soul. And he chased him down and said, I still love you. I still love you. Right in the middle of your mess. Because why? Because he was left to himself. Everything he did, he did because he wanted to do it. When he wanted to do it, how he wanted to do it, nobody told him what to do. Nobody. But God said, I love you, man. I hunt you down. And he chased him down. And while Paxton and all of us were yet sinners, Christ died for us because a tree left to itself would become a mess, man. While you were still sinners, Christ died for them. God so loved the world, God so loved me, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, amen, everlasting life. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one, no one, no one, no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. And right now, let me tell you, that passage of Scripture right there, that is under fire. That is so narrow-minded. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you believe that way. That is so narrow-minded. We just need to be more accepting and more loving. Trust me, honey. I'm I'm real loving right now because I'm talking to you instead of knocking you out. Because you gotta wake up. He says he is the way, the way. There aren't a bunch of different ways. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus. And I'm sorry if you don't like that. It doesn't change truth because it's not comfortable for you. Just because it doesn't feel good, don't like it, it's offensive, it's not offensive, it's love. You guys see it as love. He says, I love you. All this world system, all that junk, all those other ways, that's not the way. The way is Jesus. And you're just gonna wear yourself out. You're just gonna, listen, a tree left to himself become a mess. We grow up, we get married, we think, oh man, if I got married, I'd fix it. I don't know if we need marriage testimonies right now. Did your marriage fix that? That don't fix it, okay? All right? Broke marriage, broke, gonna be more broke, all right? I'm just saying, if you're messed up, you marry a mess, you're a bigger mess, all right? That don't fix it. Well, we ought to have kids, that'll do it. Oh, that always fixes it, all right? That ain't gonna work either, all right? Oh, we'll just go to church. We'll just start going to church. Going to church is good. It's a great choice. The church's not going to fix that. Jesus fixed that. He didn't say go to church and go to church and go to church and start acting like them people that go to church, walk like them people that go to church, smell like those people go to church, eat like those people go to church, like what those people do at church. Is that going to fix it? No. When I'm reading the Bible like they do at the church, they say they're going to fix it. I'm reading the Bible. Reading the Bible is a good thing. But the Holy Spirit of God is not living inside of you. You know what that is? That looks like newspaper. Ain't doing nothing. A whole bunch of words don't mean nothing. This is life right here, but the source of life is the Holy Spirit. That is God-breathed and God-inspired by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, guess what happens to this Bible? You get it, and it gets you. 
and it changes your life. Otherwise, you're just reading a whole bunch of print. You don't even like it. He is the way. He is the way. Romans 10.10 says this. It is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It is with your heart that you believe, but it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Can I tell you this? There are no shortcuts and no religious things you can do to be born again. He told Nicodemus, don't be misled, don't be fooled. You must be born again. I'm looking at a whole bunch of people that have been born because I can see that you are physically here, meaning you've had a physical birth, okay? But I do not know no one's story except my own on when they were born again. You have a story. It either is I was born again at 10, 8, 7, 26, 81. I met Jesus, and from my heart I believed, and from my mouth I confessed, and I was born again. I go by the same name. I still like ribeyes. I still drive a black tundra, but I'm a different cat, man. I'm a different cat, not from the outside. I'm a different cat from the inside. You gotta have a spiritual birthday. A physical birthday is one. A spiritual birthday is another, okay? And can I tell you something? As beautiful as that baptism was right there, those three baptisms and the one in the first, that is not salvation. I need you to listen to me. That's not salvation. That is a mark or result of salvation. Jesus said when he came out of the water, he saw a dove. We baptize under the water immersion because Jesus modeled it in Scripture. But Jesus didn't say get baptized, and by baptism, you're saved. He said the first step after you're born again is to be baptized. You're buried with Christ. You've died to self. You're raised to walk a new life. You cannot be raised to walk a new life unless you've died of your old life. Does that make, I mean, is that... That is simple, isn't it? People say, well, I can do outward things to make me saved. You cannot do outward things to make you saved. If I serve more, nope. If I give more, nope. I gotta go on 27 mission trips. Okay, that's great, sign up, all right? I'm, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. Some people put their stock in baptisms when they were little bitty. They call it infant baptism. That's sweet, that's precious, but that's not salvation because it says that you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. I've not met an infant that can confess that yet. Just saying. I, I, I'm so, I love you. You gotta hear the scripture, hear my heart. Don't put your stock in anything you did. Put your stock in salvation in what he did. If you could do it, he wouldn't have had to do it. Does that make sense? If you, uh, you I, I mean, people thought, well, I was, uh, how long you been? How long you been born again? I've been in church all my life. I'm sorry, you have a hearing problem. That is not the question I ask. The next question I asked was, how long have you been in church? This question was, when, how long have you been born again? Coming to church does not make you a Christian. Does not. 
It can lead you to Christ. It can help get you there, but it doesn't automatically make you one, just like going to McDonald's doesn't make you a French fry, all right? It just doesn't work like that, okay? It doesn't. Listen to me. You can't be born again by doing anything of yourself. It must be you surrendering your life, giving up your life, dying to self, saying this old life as a sinner is no good. I want a new life raised in Christ, and I'll go walk it. That's how you're saved. For everyone, everyone, everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen to me. Calls on the name of the Lord. Not everyone that does a lot of good things has eternal life. That's what it says. Everyone that goes to church has eternal life. No, that's not what he says. He says, everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. There are trees. There are two. There's a tree that the world produces, okay? And there's a tree that God produces. The world tree won't grow. It won't bear fruit. It won't do anybody no good, all right? It's scrawny. It has bad fruit if it has any fruit at all. And if you wanna come eat on the world's tree and the fruit over there, guess what you'll become? A tree just like them. And you'll be hopeless, empty, hollow, no meaning, no purpose. You won't even know why you're here. Everybody, all your identity is in who you hang out with around them other little scrawny trees. You'll be the little scrawny tree gang. All right, y'all look good, all right? Yes, you get the T-shirts. But listen to me, I ain't gonna do no good. You can, you, if you're born again, you've been tapped by the source. You've been, you've been grafted into Jesus. You're, you're grafted into what? The true vine. You become the true tree, the true branch, all right? He says, when you, apart from me, you can do nothing. So you're grafted into Jesus. You, you will produce great fruit. You will grow, grow, grow. All right, and you will produce fruit. But if you're not tapped into the real vine, okay, you're not gonna grow fruit. You can't produce fruit on your own. And the fruit that you try to produce on your own, guess what? No one's gonna want that. And no one's gonna like that. And sometimes we try so hard to produce fruit when we know we, don't, we can't, all right? A lot of people strain and try and struggle to produce fruit and they can't produce it, all right? And what it comes out as, rage, temper, just... It's, it's ugly, nasty, right? Because they're trying to be something they do not have the power to become inside of them. You see, it's a supernatural thing. And he says, if you're in me, you will bear much fruit. And he says, apart from me, <laughs> tap to any other source, you will not bear fruit. Psalm chapter one talks about being blessed. In verse three, he says this, he or she is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. That's the kind of tree he wants. That stream of living water is what? It's Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit. When your roots are grafted into him, you got a stream of living water pumping juice inside of you. You pump juice inside that vine, that vine's gonna produce branches, that branch is gonna produce fruit, and that fruit will give life to whomever comes around it. But if you're not tapped into the right source, man, if you've never been born again, you can't do that. And no church, no marriage, no relationship, no job, no truck, no boat, no vacation at home, no nothing will get it done. Nothing will get it done. Go real quick to Jeremiah 17. I'll wrap this up. 
Jeremiah 17. Look at verse 5. Jeremiah 17, 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wasteland. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in parched places of the desert and in salt land where there is no lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water, who sends out roots by the streams, who does not fear when heat comes. His leaves are always green, has no worries in the year of drought, and never fails to bear fruit. Woo! Is that you? You know what the second leading cause of death in America now is and about to be first? Anxiety and fear. About to kill us, man. You know why? Because they're tapped in. Their tree tapped into the world system. World system don't make no sense, man. You know what the world system can't give them? Peace. No peace. No peace. None. You tapped in over here. You connected to the vine. You're the branch. Holy Spirit flowing through you. Word of God, worship, presence of the Lord, giving it up for Jesus. You know what's pumping through you? Life. You know what he says? In this world, you're going to have trouble. There are going to be storms. They're going to beat against your tree. Guess what? If your tree's deep, your root's deep in the word of God, guess what? Your family's safe. Your marriage is safe. You got fruit for everybody. Let them all come over and eat from your tree. You're just going to continue to produce fruit. But you know what happens if you don't have a good tree? Bad roots, tap to the wrong source. Crash and burn, baby. Crash and burn. And that's what we're doing. And they're freaking out. And they're all worried and anxiety. It's running rampant. And anxiety and stress will cause all kind of breakdowns in your family, break down your body. You run all kind of tests. They say, I can't find nothing. 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 Uh, peace. Peace will make that body flow. Woo, make that body flow. Got to have peace. God will never prune a tree that's not connected to him. You don't have to. Right? You say, well, I, why not? It's not his tree. <laughs> well, he made it. Well, yes, but it's not grafted into him. He says, he says Jesus says, I'm the vine, and my father is the gardener. If you're not grafted into the vine, of Jesus, then your gardener is not God. And you're left to yourself. And a tree left to itself will become a mess. No matter how good you think you are. And let me say something to you. You are really good. You're just good. But you're not that good. We all need a savior. His name is Jesus. No religious, can, no religious entity can do it. No, no, no church can do it. No person can do it. It's your choice. You're either born again, tapped in to Jesus. He's flowing through you, 
right, and you're producing fruit, or you're tapped to the world system, freaking out, full of anxiety, full of worry, full of fear, your branch looks like a scrawny little tree, and you got no fruit on it, and your family and your marriage is starving to death. You can't do it on your own. You got to die to self, be buried with Christ, be raised to walk a new life. I'm going to invite you to stay in church. What is pruning? It's when you give a tree a chance to become everything God intended for that tree to become. A tree left to itself will become a mess. This morning, if you're looking at me or if you're joining us online, you say, Jeff, <laughs> I'm a tree. I'm made by him, but I've been left to myself and I'm a mess, man. I'm a mess. And everything around me is a mess. My marriage is a mess. My relationship with my kids are a mess. I'm a mess at work. I'm a mess around my friends. I'm a mess. Will you come and bring your mess to the one that can change your mess? And you die right here in the middle of your mess. If you're online, you get on your face right before God, right where you're at, and say, God, I'm a mess. I need you to resurrect the mess up to something good because I want to be a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. So today is a day of salvation. Today is. No reason talking about pruning a tree if you're not connected to the right source. All right. It's going to be a good series. We got to build on that tree, but it starts at salvation. All right. Today is a day of salvation. A tree left to itself will become a mess. Let's pray. Father, we love you. You're good, God. You're good. And God, though this is a tough message, it's a hard message, but we hear your love all the way. God, you love us. You're chasing us. You'll never stop chasing us. And God, if we're tired and weary, we've been trying to do it on our own, but we just keep making bigger messes and bigger messes and bigger messes, and the more we try to step around it, we step in it. God, I pray we give up today. Die to self. Die to what we think is right. Die to think the fact that we think we're good and be raised to walk a new life that you intended for us to be. So God, I pray for people today, individuals today, online or in the house, God, that they will tap into the source and the source of the real vine is Jesus. God, we love you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. As we worship, if you need to come this morning, seriously, you come. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.